Hi, I'm Valerie Steele, Director and Chief Curator of the Museum at FIT, the most fashionable museum in New York City. Welcome to our Fashion Culture podcast series, featuring lectures and conversations about fashion. If you like what you hear, please share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag #FashionCulture. Good evening. Welcome to the museum at FIT's Fashion Culture special program series. Tonight, it is our sincerest pleasure to welcome Tom Brown in conversation with Stefano Tonki. Tom Brown received the CFDA Menswear Designer of the Year Award in 2006, 2013, and 2016. He also received the GQ Designer of the Year Award in 2008, and the Cooper Hewitt National Design Award in 2012. He began his business in 2001 and introduced his ready-to-wear collection in 2003. His traditionally based handmade suits have been recognized by museums around the world, including the Costume Institute at the Metropolitan Museum, the Victorian Albert Museum, and the Fashion Museum in Bath. Stefano Tonki has been editor-in-chief of W Magazine since March 2010. Under his direction, W has been a finalist 11 times for the prestigious ASME Awards and has received 20 medals from the Society of Publication Designers. Prior to W, Mr. Tonki was the creator, creator and editor-in-chief of T, the New York Times Style Magazine. From 1998 to 2003, Mr. Tonki was the fashion creative director for Esquire. He is co-author of Uniform, Order, and Disorder, among other publications. Please join me in welcoming Tom Brown and Stefano Tonki. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, the lighting. It's, the lights are great, actually, because I cannot see you. That makes me feel much more comfortable. Um, yeah, thank you for um, being with us uh, tonight. You, as you know, I don't know uh, how you voted and what you did and how you spent the night, but we we, we, we all look really tired. Yes, exactly, and there is a reason we were up, and uh, you know, I suppose many of us suffering through the night. Um, but uh, here we are, and I think there is no better subject to start the new, a new political age than uniforms and power of uniforms and uh, the meaning of uniforms. Um, I will start with something uh, personal. I mean, sure, I think you all have seen the exhibition that is next door, uh, Uniformity, where you can see kind of the importance of uh, uniforms in the history of dressing. So um, you saw the evolution and the application of the idea of uniform in so many different fields of dressing. Uh, I think we all know in this room how important they are and what is the history be, be behind each one of them. So I wanted to start with something kind of personal because uh, that's, let, let, let's try to have kind of a good time and a personal time. Um, I know Tom for many, many years and from, I think from any kind of my memories, uh, you know, and I'm talking about really 15 years or more, I remember him wearing like uh, 
his own uniform, a uniform that he created from, for, for himself. You know, it is uh, a button-down shirt with a gray tie and a, um, and a suit that maybe is a little lighter, a, 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 a lighter tone of gray in the summer and a little darker and heavier in the winter, but it is his uniform. Um, uniform usually, say, are fashioned in a capsule. What I mean is that they really are used to signify who we, which group we belong to and who we, we want to be apart from. Um, my question for, for Tom is like, um, how did you come to this uniform and uh, who, who do you identify yourself with? I mean, for me, the, the conversation really comes down to, um, I think it's both uniforms and uniformity. Uh, for me, y you know, the, the initial uniform was basically just my designing something that I wanted for myself. And the idea f of uniformity for me was, there's something that, it's an idea that um, I feel speaks to um, power and individuality and I think that surprises some people when you say individuality and, and uniforms. But I think there is a true individuality when it comes to somebody that can adopt a uniform from the, for themselves that really um, makes them a real true individual. As long as it's really personal to them and it's very real, and that's what you know my uniform has been from the beginning. It's something that I've always wanted myself and that's what I think people you know, saw after a while that it was, it, it was real. It wasn't something that I thought up and thought like, oh, I think I'm gonna do this because I wanna you know, make a uniform for myself. It was, it was very genuine, it was very simply just something that I wanted for myself. And also too, it was something that, for me personally, simplified um, you know, the, 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 the act of getting dressed in the morning. I, I could get dressed in the dark, you know, it's, 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 it's very easy. But, um, but I think, you know... Yeah, we are all very curious <laughs> to know what your wardrobe looks like. It looks... Is it like uh, American Psycho? Like, you know, <laughs> white shirts, gray ties. It's, it's, yeah, it's not that neat, Gray but, suit. Yeah. But it's very, you know, I like one thing, and I do, I do, you know, I really like the, that aesthetic, and I like the idea of it. Um, but then, like, more importantly, more important than just the uniform, I think, you know, me being in the world of fashions, you know, I really didn't, you know, think of myself as entering the world of fashion at the beginning. I really just wanted to make really well-made clothing um, and reintroduce, you know, tailored clothing to, to guys and to girls in, in a way that was, one, really well-made, because I think sometimes the most fashionable things are something that's beautifully made, um, but also, too, that played with proportions that, you know, so that it, you saw something that was very classic, but you saw it, you know, done the way that I wanted to, to show people. And, and I think there was something really strong about the message of it being a, a very, like, singular um, story. Yeah, I think uh, this uh, talked about uh, making it uh, something that has a lot of meaning for you, but also can uh, um, talk to people and communicate yeah. some sense of belonging is so important. I mean, 
we are clearly talking about uh, what I would call like uh, modern uniform, civil uniforms. Yeah. Um, this uniform, they somehow, that is the gray suit yeah. that uh, became uh, part of the male wardrobe in the, what, 19th century? I think you can correct. There are people here that can correct <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> but, are, yeah. um, you know, men were very colorful and, uh, uh, and the wardrobe was much similar to the female wardrobe in the 16th and 17th century. Mm -hmm. But uh, later it became this uniform like uh, of a uh, kind of the, the dark suit um, that somehow is connected to military uniform that mm -hmm. are really probably the beginning of the uh, modern male dressing, for mm -hmm. sure, is at the base of male dressing. And uh, um, have you, you have looked at, I think, at this history of uniforms through your work. Yeah. I mean, behind us we have images that show yeah. a lot of that evolution coming from milita military uniforms mm -hmm. as a prototype, as a starting point. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I will do my best. So I was talking about, uh, should I repeat, or I was just talking about how military uniforms are at the, um, at the roots of any kind of civil uniform that we wear today. And clearly when we were talking about Tom's uniform, we were talking about a civil uniform more than a military uniform. But still military uniform has been very important in the evolution of the point and the things that Tom has been presenting. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, through different collections, I have, um, I guess, explored the idea of more you know, military-type uniforms. But for me, the idea of, I mean, because and, and then it's a lot of people have explored military uniforms. And for me, the idea of uniformity and taking, um, I, I guess, more um, non-military uniform ideas and, mm -hmm. you know, making it a, a uniform idea is, is a lot more interesting in the way that I approach, you know, a lot of my other collections. Or, you know, it's really sometimes the collections don't, you know, speak to uniforms at all, but the idea of the way that um, the collections are designed are in a very organized, very uniform way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not and only- presented in yeah. a very kind of um, right. almost military formation. Right. Like in, even in this show you see here, I mean, of course there's, there was, you know, 40 different plaid fabrics and based on the classic ideas of what my, my clothing has, was, had really been based around, but there was such a uniform and very strong individual um, story that went into that collection in the way that it started and, you know, and then of course throwing in some non-uniform ideas mm -hmm. to make that uniform more interesting. So in a certain way, you uh, can take that kind of uh, creativity that you put in every single piece of your, of, of a collection, but present it in a very uniform way or in a very, I would say, um, military way. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think even just to my last point, the way that we all work in the office, I think, there's, it's a very personal way for me of working in a very uniform. And there's something I like, 
uh, I swam growing up, so I'm, there there was a lot of discipline in just my life when I was a kid, in regards to my life being very organized. And I think there was some there's something very comforting for me in regards to working that way. And even the way that the collections are designed, they're really designed from head to toe at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like that uniformity is very important because I know that the the story that I'm telling will be exactly the story I want people to see because of how militant I am in regards <laughs> to that way of working. How focused. I'm not as, not as boring as it sounds, but, it's, <laughs> but it keeps it easier. Well, I mean, I think you always uh, leave uh, space to... Uh, um, imagination and also interpretation yeah. you know I mean I'm often at shows of yours and uh, different people has completely different read of uh, what you want to say yeah. so well and also too even in that I, I do love when you know people do interpret the the shows in different ways and I think that's that's very interesting to me I I think it's it's nice to um, put ideas in front of people and then for people to have different um, almost experiences. And I think that is you know, one of the most important things that I, I like to express in, in the shows. Um, talking about the shows, talking about the clothes, talking about menswear uniforms, I mean, there is something that is typical of uh, uniforms, but is also typical of any of the fashion garments that we look at, and for sure, many of your of the clothes that you design, this need for theater and this needs for, I would say, function. On one side, I mean, that's what uniforms wear, like in, in, in history, when you think about, you know, the Prussian, the, the, the King of Prussian and German uniforms and that need for, for scaring people, uh, for like uh, creating drama, you know, think about the hats, the feathers, and the bright colors, or the dark colors. And on the other side, you have like the functionality of uniform that are the first kind of form of uh, ready to wear. I mean, also they have to respond to different weather conditions, different uh, situations, uh, different movements, different bodies. So when you build clothes, I think you want one and the other in a certain way. In that sense, you know, building, you're building uniforms, you're building clothes that have to kind of, in a certain way, uh, talk to you and create emotions, and on the other side, they have to be functional. Yeah. How do you yeah. play these two? Well, I think the, the most important thing is to approach it I think everybody approaches it differently. I, you know, definitely approach my collections from a more provocative point of view. I do like to make people think, and I, and I, um, I like to tell a story, and I like to entertain. And you know, some some um, collections are more provocative than others. But um, the most important thing for me is that people see things in a different way, and it makes people think. And you know, some people hate them, some people like them, and. And I think I would rather those, you know, differing opinions as opposed to just somebody um, just liking them. Um, but I think the most important thing, too, in regards to as provocative as you get is the function and the way that something is made. And I think I would never put something in a collection in front of people as provocative as the idea is. I would never just jerry-rig something together to, for shock value. 
you know, I've done things in my collections. I've done three-legged trousers and, you know, things like that. And, you know, it was as seriously thought out as a classic pair of trousers. So I think it is really important when you, when you want to, especially um, in regards to um, being, uh, you know, theatrical or being provocative, I think the most, you know, it does have to be followed through with, you know, some type of function. Yeah, because I, you know, I have in mind so many shows where, you know, your clothes had an incredible theater presence. You know, like, uh, I remember like one in Paris where like incredible uniforms really like, and, and uh, the construction was so, so, so strong, so important that was almost difficult for the movement. Well, between the fabrics and, yeah, the, the yeah, most in the <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sometimes you do, like, <laughs> a coupe de théâtre, no? A little bit yeah, of Yeah, I mean, but I also do approach the shows, too, from, you know, truly a, you know, design and, and, pr and provocation. And, you know, some, of course, you have people, like, who would wear that or, you know, how, how many will you sell? And, you know, that's not always the point. It's really no. there... If you were to see in the showroom, there are versions of that that are more wearable and, you know, you know, express the, the idea that you see, but it's, it's you know, that, that, that piece literally is not always the one that's going to sell. But we surprisingly do sell <laughs> most of them. Not all, and uh, how, um, how do you feel um, innovation te technology is taking... Um, an important role in your work. I mean, especially working with, in your collaboration with Montclair, there is a lot of technical developments that you, you do with them. And sometimes, I mean, I know uh, Remo, that is the owner of the company, and he always talks about like kind of your imagination and, you know, pushing the boundaries of what can be done. I think, that, you know, it, you always have to look for, you know, what's what's happening next and what, you know, what, how you can just push, especially when you uh, base a collection in classic ideas, you have to make sure that you do introduce them or reintroduce them in, in ways that, that are relevant because there's nothing worse than doing something classic and it's still classic and it's, you know, there's no reason for people to see it you know, over again. So I think there's always, you know, every collection there is in differing ways. I mean, whether it's fabric or whether it's, you know, different shapes or, you know, or um, even the way that the collection is shown, you know, is sometimes, um, you know, it's just, I think it's important to, you know, make it seem like you're thinking about, you know, the f not just keeping things moving. Mm -hmm. um, do you think innovation comes more from the fabric, from the research on fabrics and yarns, or more from like research on forms? I mean, what interests you more deeply these days in particular? I mean, I don't know, I'm very fascinated by the fact that, I don't know, at Nike, they are saying that everything will be knitted in the future. And there will everything be will no be what? knitted. Mm. I mean, from shoes to garments, I mean, Everything, every new garment that they're putting out is basically knitted. 
Yeah, I think I couldn't say one thing is more interesting than the other. I, I think all of it is, and you know, I, you know, we work with so many good people that introduce different, differing ideas in regards to, you know, everything. And I think that's what makes every collection, you know, as um, interesting as the last. I think sometimes at the end of one collection, you always think like, what am I going to do now? And it always seems like there's always new things happening that, you know, that. Um, that are introduced that can you know, change even the most basic idea into something really interesting? Well, I mean, uh, looking at your work, and this is like a, a very personal opinion, I think, uh, um, you have shown that innovation can come just from the change of proportions. I mean, the first uh, discovery that I have of your work was just a very, I would say, traditional suit, but those, uh, the proportion of, those, of that suit were changed radical, radically, and actually they had been, in, and, and that little change of proportion, you know, the shortening of the jacket, the pants, uh, the, the, the waist point and all of that, really changed like history of menswear for the last 10 years. I mean, I think it's been, I mean, this is like uh, some, I mean, I have to be, give credit to Tom for it changing the shape of Mansur in the last 10, 15 years, and really, I mean, uh, holding that point uh, through all your career, I think. Um, I want to talk about something else for a minute, uh, actually, about something uh, that I was looking at the show that is across the street, Uniformity, and uh, one of the, in one of the notes there, they say that uh, uniform are the opposite of couture. Somehow, and really like uniform are the opposite of couture because they are the first uh, uh, application of uh, ready to wear is the, is the place where we look for kind of uh, um, where, we, where, where sizing happens and like uh, where like saving in fabrics and um, mass production happen through history. Um, so in your work, you have been always kind of walking like a very, on the line between couture and uh, uh, something that is more like pret-a-porter or like ready to wear. Can you talk a little bit about this line? Yeah, I think, um, I th you know, I, I think as, as it could be simply said that I really, I approach, I think, very uniform ideas from a, and I would never give myself credit to say like at the, at couture level, but at the best level that I can, that I can really achieve. And I think that's what makes that uniform idea more interesting because it is I am um, it is very important to me on the the level of quality of what of how the collections are 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 you know, put together and made um, so I guess it's basically that I mean well it's like um, it's that idea of uh, uniform doesn't become uniformity because each piece right. very often especially you know in your uh, runway collection becomes unique yeah. because there is so much work. It's really like a couture piece. Right. I mean, think about the embroideries and the work on the fabrics. I mean, yeah. So it's more really the ideas are like because the, the last, the first um, 
uh, menswear show here, menswear week here in New York. I did a, a show um, really bringing back the idea of just the best handmade tailoring that you can make here in New York. And it was all, you know, 30 of the exact same suit, but they were all, you know, 30 different fabrics. And so it was a very uniform idea, but it was at the level of the best hand tailoring in the world. So it's, it's speaking to that. It's really speaking to a very uniform idea at the best level. Mm -hmm. I love that definition <laughs> of uniform couture. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really more of the mentality than it is really what the actual garment is. So um, you started your women's collection. When was it? Uh... Well, I've been doing women's really from when I was down on Little West 12th Street. So I've been doing the tailoring for women's really from the beginning. But the first true collection was um, um, maybe four years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you find like uh, working on women very different? in terms of like, you know, men do like to buy the same thing over and over, especially yeah. if they find like that kind of uh, security in it, that kind of uh, fit that, I mean, actually they, they get very upset if they cannot find that fit anymore or yeah. if something changes in their favorite shoes or in the favorite like toothpaste for that matter. Yeah. So um, women are much more adventurous and yeah. I think change is part of the of, of, of the way of thinking in a certain way. I mean, um, absolutely. Um, it is. How, how, how do you approach like women's wear in a different way from men's wear? Or? I, I approach women's the exact same way as men's. Um, but it is certainly a different audience. And I think everybody that works with me, I'm sure, would, could tell you a story. Um, I, I think there is such power in that uniform idea for, for girls as well. I think there's, as, actually I think it's more powerful for, you know, in the, the women's world. And, and I, think, I, I think because there is so much out there for girls. And I think there is so much choice and I think there is so much, um, you know, so much reason for them to be able to try different things and I think, the idea of adopting a uniform in regards to um, the women's world, I think there's something so powerful because I think there is something so powerful about somebody that looks like they have found their, like, a really true sense of their own style and they stick to it day to day, as opposed to thinking like they may want to change and, um, you know, Monday they may want to look like this or Tuesday. I mean, it, it's, I, I couldn't imagine doing that myself, and I and I do understand that. Um, but boys do it too. Yeah, no, boys do. Um, so mean, it is, and the, but it is. So it is a very personal thing, and it is a very personal approach to. And I think it is something that I have a lot of conversations with, um, with women in the women's world, and it's. But it's. I think there's something. I think the best collections in the world and the best designers that have gone, you know, come have been designing the last, you know, 100 years, you know what they've done. Mm -hmm. You have an image in your head of what they, what they stood for. And I think that is the true sense of, like, a 
like a uniform idea. It wasn't like that they were wearing the same thing every day, but like you know when you think of Chanel, you have an image in your head of Chanel. And you think of Mucha, you have an image of yeah. You know what that is, um, Armani. You have an image in your sensibility, head. Sensibility, yeah. You know, so it's like it's more that sense. It's not it, that, like it's not necessarily necessarily not, the clothes. Yeah, it's more like establishing like a uniform, yeah. like aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think that those codes are merging between men and women as we um, see more and more? I would say. Uh, clothing that is not exactly unisex, it's more like, almost like dual gender in yeah. terms of like things that pass from his wardrobe to her wardrobe and, and so on. I think so. I think, one, I love tailoring on women. So um, I think there is, um, I think there is something really beautiful about the, I mean, the two, the two collections you know, well, and you, have, having the same sense you clearly have not been afraid in many of your men's collection yeah. to use a lot of the yeah. women's vocabulary, yeah. I think, in terms of decor or in terms of color or in terms of like prints, yeah. things like that. So you see a certain kind of fluidity yeah. in that sense. Uh, I really as do. A, and I think it, it really it speaks to real confidence and, and true individuality because it's, it has nothing to do with the trend, it has nothing to do with you know, anything other than somebody having a true sense of themselves and a true sense of um, sometimes having more interesting things to think about other than clothes. Mm -hmm. you know, and so you feel, I mean, do you have a, a sense of comfort or of, or of panic when you see like one of these uh, science fiction movies where everybody's wearing the same Leotard, <laughs> what is your reaction? <laughs> I love like those type of ideas. So, I mean, it's a movie, so. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I've done shows that basically could be, you know, that type of movie. So it's, I love the idea of, um, you know, multiplication and, you know. But in a very couture way. In a very well-made way. But we, I, we have, the last time we were in, um, the last time, I was only in St. Petersburg once, but um, the one time we were there, we have an interesting story. We um, got off the plane and we were standing waiting for our luggage and there were 20 of the exact same bag that came off the, the belt. And I said, somebody has to take a picture of this because <laughs> it is the coolest thing that I've ever seen. Um, I think there's something really, there's something very personal and, you know, it is something that I love, um, the idea of that aesthetic. Um, going back for a minute to kind of military and military influences. Um, well, Diana Vreeland said that uniforms are the sportswear of the 20th century, all right? I think that? Diana Vreeland. Oh. I think that more than, than, than ever, I mean, kind of that kind of military uniform inspiration is everywhere in fashion. You, you have never seen so many, I don't know, picot and like uh, um, trench coats and uh, uh, army pants and a lot of things that you don't do, by the way. Yeah. Even if you have a little fascination with camouflage or you have had some. Yeah, yeah. 
So what do you think, wh why are we still so fascinated by this wardrobe? Is it the, the power of memory? Is it the power of I think it's, it's film familiar. icon? I think it's familiar. And I think there's something very comforting for people in something that's familiar. And I think it's as simple as that. I mean, I, I have used those references a lot in collections too, but I, I also want to make sure that it's, it's not something that looks so literal to that reference. Um, and, but I think there is a familiarity that you know is comforting to people and and I think that's especially important when if you're gonna put you know s some type of provocative idea in front of people I, it does you do have to ground it in something mm -hmm. that they understand and I think that the military reference whether it be the fabric or the camouflage or you know Shapes some other type of shape I think people will They'll, they'll understand why you're doing it, as provocative as it is, and it, it might not be for them, but it's, I think there's something, there's comforting in that, in that, um, in the familiarity, and understanding, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, for sure, one of those uh, subjects, those themes that uh, you cannot uh, escape. Yeah. There is uh, not a collection uh, in menswear or womenswear where there are not very clear reference to kind of a military kind of codes and fabrics and continuously. I mean, sure, I think is uh, this idea of comfort, the idea of um, something that is traditional but you can play with. Um, well, and also too, I think to your point of unisex too, I think it does play very well for both men and women. Yeah, and you can mix it with anything and suddenly it becomes like kind of uh, laid back and accept acceptable, yeah. Um, what, which one of, I mean, we were going through like your fashion shows, which one of your fashion shows has left uh, a, a strong memory in your, um, in this like, in this, many years of shows? I mean, do you have uh, one show that you cannot forget? Um, or one that you want to forget? <laughs> um, no, I can't say there's one that, you know, I, you know I've, I've always loved my shows. And I've always, I've always, you know, I think sometimes love my shows more than, you know, anybody else, which, which I think is <laughs> important because I, I, I feel I would never want to put something in front of somebody that I wasn't in love with myself, and I think that is important. But in regards to one being better, I mean, it's you know, it's like asking a, a, a parent who's your favorite child. <laughs> there's there's the the show in Pity that, of course, I think was important because it was the first show in Europe, which introduced the show, my, what I did to Europe. Um, it was in an incredible location, I think. Yeah, the location, um, everything, it just, it all came together really well. Um, and, um, but I think every show, there's, you know, they're, they're very individual and they're, they're, a, they're a, a different story, but they all are based on really where it started. And it, they're based on that classic idea where it's, you know, that gray suit that started, you know, 10 years, 13 years ago. Yes. Good. Um, I think we can open the room to some questions, um, if uh, we want to. 
We can't see you, so we, I don't know how we're yeah. going <laughs> to. Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. Any questions? It's really important. I, you know, I don't. I we definitely don't approach it from a small, medium, large. Um, it's. I, I, it all depends on how you approach it. I mean, different people will approach it differently. But I know how how I approach. You know, the proportion and the sizing is a lot more individual than you know, small, medium, large. So, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah. So I can't, I didn't hear. Um, the question was who, what's my market positioning and who's my competitor? Well, <laughs> this is a... <laughs> um, should I, should you know I, what, I you oh, know, it's, somebody. It's, it's the type of... Of course, it's important to think of those type of things, but I have to be honest. I really, I feel like he's a designer, is not like yeah, uh, the CEO of the company. <laughs> I mean, I'm very conscious of you know, you know, the the positioning is I I I do tailored based clothing for men and women that are, um, you know, based in you know, playing with proportion and. Um, and you know provocative ideas, so it's I guess that's my positioning. And competitors, I never think of competing with anybody. I think everybody should just stay true to themselves. And I think the worst thing you can start doing is competing with somebody else. I I have some questions here from the audience. Okay, okay. this is I think is a nice one. Um, <laughs> what is the greatest change? you think fashion needs to see today? Um, I don't, I think probably the most important thing is that design is approached more individually as opposed to, um, I think there's um, too much of the same out there. And I think there needs to be some more unique approaches to design. Well, I think I would echo you in that, saying that I think uh, somehow we need to reduce the quantity of fashion that we produce, because uh, that would make the thing produced more valuable, more special, more unique, yeah. more also time-sensitive in a certain way, you know, what is what happened when you know you really want something is always available? You really don't want it anymore somehow, and that's what's happening. I mean, now 
you just go online and somewhere, somehow, they will find it, anything in your size. <laughs> and that kind of destroys the, the, the desire, I think. I mean, make things more desirable. That's really like what I think has to, to change in a certain way. We produce too much. There is too much out there. And I think it's about limiting like somehow the production and making things that can have a, 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 a more value, less, I would say, um, fast fashion and more yeah. meaningful fashion. Yeah, quality, just the attention to quality. Um, another, another question that always come in and is like, um, who are your favorite designers? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, you do get asked a lot, but for me, I, you know, I think, um, I respect anybody that really approaches their collections and their design um, in truly their own way. And um, that's the most inspiring to me, is somebody that is very true to themselves and you know, just, you know, approaches it that way. Um, do you see your work as art? Oh, that's opening. That's, like. <laughs> yeah, that's for other people to say. I would never, I, I love designing collections and I, I love making clothing. And you know, that type of question I think is up for other people. More yeah. like Stefano or for and, <laughs> Andrew to say. <laughs> um, and this one I think is like interesting. Um, why the red, white, and blue is your fetish motive? Um, how did it come up, actually? Yeah, it was, it's one of those like simple, you know, starting your own business stories that I was at Mokubo one day looking for grow grain to put in the, the sleeve ends of my jacket and I happened to like the red, white, and blue and it stuck. <laughs> so there's no like grand story, no political story, there's no, you know, it's, it's just something that I found. Um, something about vintage that I think is kind of interesting. Can you talk about your views on vintage or the idea of clothing with multiple lives? Mm. Well, I think um, I've done a collection, you know, very recently on the idea of clothing that sometimes I think gets better and better with age. And I think there is something really beautiful when you walk into a store and speaking to your point about what we need now more is clothing that can actually have more lives because I think one, it's important, you know, from a sustainable sustainability point of view, is that it's important that we make things really well so that it's something worth spending the money on. And also too, it is something that can, you know, you can have forever, or if you don't, that then somebody else can actually, you know, enjoy it. Um, another one here that um, comes up very often and is very practical, actually. What makes you decide to start your own brand? And what kind of advice would you have for a fashion student? And we can talk about that as yeah. it is such a topic. Well, I think the most important thing, I really started because I was working at Club Monaco and it was, I was learning a lot in regards to the business, but you know, the, the, the level of where, where it was wasn't, you know, very personal to me. And I, you know, it was, I started my own collection at, from a very personal 
for very personal reasons was I wanted to do um, tailored clothing at you know the best level that um, that I could find and so in regards to it, that's how it that's how I started um, and for anybody else I think the most important thing is to just be really true to yourself because it is so easy for people to give you advice and for them to maybe make you second guess what you're doing but I think if you do something that is so true to who you are and what you want to put in front of people it's never gonna happen overnight and and if you're in the business to be to make money or to be famous then you're in the wrong business um, I think it's important to just really love making clothing and putting interesting ideas in front of people at a really um, at a level that the quality is um, as, as good as you can get. Um, I think that you are working somewhere and you are making your kind of experience. I think it's very important for um, a student to work in um, a studio and to kind of learn a little bit from the inside. I think uh, yeah. there is a little bit too much of a rush to go on your own and start your own company and uh, be and, and falling into like this uh, kind of vortex of uh, experiences and uh, trying to be commercial because you have to sell so you can put together the next collection. I think uh, there is um, a value in education in schools as in uh, atelier and in places and also trying different experiences in different places. I mean, you want to work maybe you know for some years in uh, a great tailoring house and then for a few years in a great knitwear factory or like learn how to make great um, shoes so you have a little bit of a knowledge and you can decide where you really want to be and what you really want to do i think uh, um, especially here i've in in this country i've seen like this uh, kind of uh, um, continuous like a race against age. And I don't think uh, um, it's paying off somehow because uh, it takes time to build uh, your uh, brand and it takes time to have, I think, your identity built. And, and, and that's, I think, what um, Tom has been talking about. When you go on your own, you have to be really really strong and resilient and stay faithful to what you believe in and not bend to you know many suggestions and many commercial like uh, um, push to the left to the right and that you know will bring you like uh, very far from where you want it to be so I think working with uh, mature people and learning and trying a little bit of humility, I think, uh, can kind of pay off in the long run. Actually, out of time. Okay. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. I'm sorry to cut off all of this, but it's been such a pleasure, and I really hope that all of you thank will you join much. me. Yeah. Again, in thank you for being so with us and taking Tom. our mind away from everything else. Thank you.